0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, the wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Going quite well, Graham. Keep you right yourself. Doing pretty well. A- Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, sure. Haven't seen each other in the new year yet because you've been so busy, quote unquote. Yeah. Busy and tired. Yes. Pretty pathetic that. We call ourselves the Atlanta sports podcast and don't, don't have even a, podcast before a playoff game. Yeah, it's sad. That's very Atlanta of us, though. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed it was a loss and uh, moved on. But here we are. we got another playoff game. Yeah. Very uh, good performance by the Falcons. Uh, oh, before you get into yeah. all that, mm-hmm. i got some big news for you. Oh, okay. So, I tweeted earlier today at our friends, Barstool Sports. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Close affiliate of the program. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stool El Prez, if you will, yeah. uh, pointing out to the fa- them that the fact that they don't have a Barstool Atlanta uh, yeah. affiliate. All right? And, you know, I just said, what the hell? You guys are always squawking about this 28-3 nonsense and don't give the fine people of Atlanta any representatives to respond to them. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then I said, maybe we should be those guys, you and I, yeah. and pointed out the fact that we have a, a legit <laughs> 18 followers on Twitter, so yeah. you know we're legit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the good news is we're waiting on a response. <laughs> yeah, you actually got my hopes up there just a little <laughs> bit with the way you were talking. You usually don't get that excited unless it's something legit. I was that. kind of just excited about the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you, you succeeded. I was like, oh. But it's out of the universe now. It's so. out of the universe. After you Twitter from our official I did. Twitter? Yeah. Very fair. Um, yeah. So that's out in the universe now. Um, as Kyle Corver said, shooters got to shoot. Indeed. So take your shots in life, Graham. You never know. Yeah. Or as Dan Quinn says, keep punching. Does he say that? Apparently. Oh, huh. Far out. No. Um, so we got a. Uh, pretty good show for you today pretty good not great but pretty good well uh <laughs> <laughs> middle of the road middle of the road we've got a recap of the game against the rams which we won 26 13 in very convincing fashion and uh preview the game against philly this weekend as well as discuss a little bit about uh andrew jones who might be voted off the hall of fame ballot which is inconceivable to me but we'll get to that at the end of the show um, I know we wanted to briefly touch on, since some of our users are were upset that we want to mention the uh, College Football National Championship because we're a pro sports podcast in Atlanta. And this has nothing to do with pro sports in Atlanta. It's relatable, though, because it's just Atlanta in general and how we suck. It did take place in Atlanta, and it was very familiar to anyone who is an Atlanta sports fan. And there's a lot of overlap with dogs fans and... Atlanta sports fans, and some of our users are are both. Yes, indeed they are. I discovered uh, in the past couple weeks that for some reason I have a deep, deep hatred for the Bo- Georgia Bulldogs. I guess because I grew up a Florida fan, so I think that was just like there, mm-hmm. and it kind of just... Manifested? Well, it was just kind of sitting low for no. the past six, seven, eight, nine years, i Pretty neutral towards them. And tell users why if they're just tuning in for the first time. What's that? Tell the users why. Why what? For the last seven or eight, nine years. Oh, Clemson fan. Because like I could. Yeah, but no one. Someone might not know that. Okay, you got to yeah, think. Because I went to Clemson, so obviously yeah, I don't. You got to think about people who are ignorant or yeah, don't know. That's them. why I was neutral to Georgia yeah. because I went to Clemson. Except for when we played them like four years ago. Besides that, give a shit. They're they've been mediocre. Ten wins, not really doing anything. Hmm. But when I, I was listening to the Rose Bowl game uh, while camping, so we were using a handheld radio to listen to it's it. Pretty epic. It was it was really cool. But like I just kept getting more and more upset um, every time Georgia did something good, and I didn't really understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was a little bit into my cups as well. Cups. Drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> All I imagined was you were just examining a uh, display of uh, cups one places over their genitals, and you're just sitting there looking at them, and I was like, hey, that is truly bizarre. No, no, that's not what that phrase means, Grandma. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> uh, but anywho, yeah, when, when George ended up winning that game, I was just really upset about it, and I was like, eh, maybe that was just the booze talking mm-hmm. there, but then, like, going to the national championship game, I don't know, something about... like, I, So I actually went down to the Benz, because I was like, you know, there's this big sports event going on. I feel like I need to at least check out the atmosphere. Didn't realize I was just going to the CNN Center. I thought we were tailgating. Hmm. What are you going to do? But yeah, I just saw those Bulldogs. I was like, no. I think I want Alabama to win. Oh, yeah. Terrible. It's like rooting for the Patriots. But it's like Alabama's won so many times. Like the Patriots. So like them winning again, it's like, who cares? Like the Patriots. It doesn't mean that much to their fan base. Like the Patriots. Right? And I, th- I guess I just want Georgia fans to continue to have the misery that I have. Like the Falcons. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. So that's where I was at on that one. Uh, I liked Georgia as a kid. Some of my extended family went there. Um, But as I grew older, I didn't care as much. As I went to, you know, art school, two art schools, and sort of just stopped caring about college football as much because I loved the Falcons a great deal. And... um, I don't know. I just fell out of love with them, and I felt like if I jumped back mm-hmm. on the bandwagon now, I'd be a hypocrite and loser. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I always paid attention. Like, I know what Georgia does every year. I watch probably five or six games, but I'm not emotionally invested. Right. I am with the Falcons, the Braves, and the Hawks. I'm not going to make a podcast about it. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the recruiting class is. Um, but, you know, I watched that last game against Oklahoma, that, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. I mean, that was... An unbelievable, I like top 10 greatest sporting events I've ever watched. Um, and, you know, I was pulling for Georgia, but if they lost, I wasn't going to care. Right. And, and the Alabama game, you know, when they were up 13-0, I was just like, Saban's going to make some adjustment at the half. I don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to do something. And I don't know if Alabama's going to come back, but they're going to make it a game. Little did we know, they put in this guy who, uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Tua. Let's call him Tua. Uh, it's, he's the guy from the 2000, Madden 2005, uh, Tuya Sopo. Oh, Tui sopo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're re, re, reborn as yes. this guy. Uh, comes in, and throws three touchdowns in the second half, and leads Alabama. A freshman who's never really played a meaningful game just comes in on second and, and then on second and 26 in overtime, throws a, a dart, and Alabama wins it in overtime. And for about 10 seconds after that, I felt this. It was the same reaction I had to the Falcons at first. It was just this shock, yeah, and this horror. And then after ten seconds, I was like, "Ah, eh, whatever." I didn't like care. Yeah. Whereas the, when the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, you, I had that reaction. Then you I, cared. I walked out of the house, slammed the door, walked down the street, and then came back, ripped up some grass, punched a house, and destroyed my glasses. Yeah, and well. cried. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't the definition of a uh, well put together adult. After no, I was a lost. sore loser. Um. Yeah, I, had, I mean th- those games are that's one thing I've been talking about is they need to stop having these damn championship games on a Monday night. No, oh, I know. I mean, I fell asleep for about 35 minutes cuz I was tired as shit. By the yeah. time it's over, it's it was 12:30. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been waking up early as hell for work this week, so I knew I was didn't have a chance. But like I mean, imagine if I understand they don't do it on the weekends, I think because of NFL. NFL. Yeah. But why don't you put it on a Friday night? Imagine that weekend where you got the national championship game on a Friday night, where you know like everyone's just going to be stoked, everyone's going to stay no. up and watch the game, ratings would be through the roof, and then you have the best football weekend of your life with that on a Friday night, and then playoff games Saturday Sunday that would be pretty cool. I think one that'd of the be reasons, awesome I think one of the reasons they don't do that is because I think TV ratings generally for everything are down on Friday nights not for that game for that game, they'd be fine, but that's probably why they do it, but I would be that would certainly be great. That'd be you, amazing. You can get absolutely wasted and wake up the nice next day, and there's no problems. And <laughs> you got two more days of football mm-hmm. after it versus having to go to work. My, my heart goes out to Georgia fans, um, though, cause that was another crushing defeat in the annals of Georgia sports history. Yeah. Um, right at the precipice of winning a championship and, um, wasn't nearly as egregious as the 28 to three loss, but there are echoes of that certainly. And, um, yeah I mean, yeah it just was, because it of the situation yeah. just because of the situation you're up, you know thirteen points twice and you can't hold on, then again, you're playing against the greatest coach in college football history, right, who had the ultimate ace up his sleeve um that no one even considered. I do feel bad for our user, Arthur Roach, who's yes been on the show before, yeah, I saw him right before the game, I think in one of our all time classic episodes, yeah, yeah. He brought a lot to the show that yeah. we don't possess. No. Maybe he should have his own podcast. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, I saw him, like, he was there in the CNN Center, just... Oh, you saw him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he did, was just did like... Did he go to the game? Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. So, I, I, I saw him as he was walking to the gates. Okay. And just had, like, so much hope. He was trying to keep his... Well, I think he actually did say, I know we're going to lose, or something along those lines. hmm but like he was just trying to keep his emotion down because he knows shit like that. Yeah, happens. And he's also an Atlanta professional sports so, fan across all yeah. three sports or four sports. He loves United too. So, yeah, so uh, he knows the deal. Um, I, I'm smart enough to not, I haven't reached out to him since then. Um, yeah, you want to be left alone. Yeah. If someone like texted me after a game like that, I would never be friends with them again, but this <laughs> is me reaching out to you, Arthur and hope, I hope you're okay. Yeah. I hope you are too, sir. Um, but the future is bright for Georgia. They got an amazing recruiting class coming. I think in. we've no, no, no. touched on Georgia enough. I'm trying to do a right, segue. Sorry. <laughs> the future is really bright at Georgia. They got an amazing recruiting class, and there's a lot of optimism among Dogs fans that they'll be back next year, and then over the next few years. Unlike, to a degree, maybe the Falcons. Oh, was that? At, was that a segue? It was a segue. I'm wow. trying to get better with that. Uh, you know, after the 28 to three loss, even though you're bringing back all these pieces. It was just like, especially in the NFL, it's so hard to remain at the top of what you're doing. Uh, The Patriots are the lone exception. They've consistently been dominant in their division, pretty much making the AFC championship every year. Um, There's no other team like that. No other team has that consistency in the NFL where they are so competitive and title contenders every year. So, I don't think it's fair to say we didn't have optimism coming into the season. We certainly think we had a, a ton of optimism. We had a ton of optimism, but I think you have to know that um, it's hard to create a dynasty. I think it's a little hard to create a dynasty in professional sports. Than it is in well, We're sports. not trying to be a dynasty, Graham. We're just trying to win one damn championship. I understand. And then we, and then we can be the Marlins and sell everything off. I'm not trying to be a dynasty. All right. Well, I maybe, just want one. Maybe my, segue, crazy? maybe my segue sucks. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Anyway, we go into this Rams game, and I actually felt okay going into it. Like, I was nervous because it's one of the playoffs, and a stat was brought up um, that I didn't realize. I guess it's a fact. Maybe it's a stat. Whatever. Where the Falcons, before the Rams game, had never won playoff games in consecutive seasons before. We've never done that. I mean, it was only a few years ago we'd never won. Had a consecutive seasons, winning period. seasons, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Matt or, Ryan has never won a playoff game on the road before. That's pretty wild. So there was a lot of history working against us. I don't think I realized that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Rams come in as the most lethal offense in the league, They're averaging uh, 29.9 points per game, just under 30 points. Which, that's better than what we did last year, isn't it? No, I think we aver- we averaged over 30 points oh, last yep. year. Um, You have Todd Gurley, who's emerged as an incredible running back and MVP-caliber player after a really shitty second season. And you got a damn good defense run by a 3-4 extraordinaire, Wade Phillips. So you have all these elements working against you. And Sean McVay is a really good, has proven himself to be a pretty damn good head coach to take what the Rams were last year, and really also, you know, take them where they are now and develop Jared Goff into what looks like a franchise quarterback. Not to mention that guy, what, 32? Yeah, he's, he's 31. Th- that's absurd. Look at he's what we're doing. Two <laughs> year, he's two years older than us. I know. Psychotic. Makes no sense. And then you got Wade Phillips' old ass, who's like 72. Yeah. He's still coaching his ass off yeah. as a coordinator. And, uh... The one thing that people kept saying, though, is that there's a lack of playoff experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people thought the Rams were going to win this game. I was kind of, I, I thought we were going to win because ever since that New Orleans game on Christmas Eve, where I cursed out uh, Pete Morelli for his shitty officiating <laughs> um, in epic fashion, I must say. Y- yes. Um, I felt incredibly good about this defense. I've been thoroughly impressed by Deion Jones in the last half of the season. Yep. And Poe and Jarrett have been outstanding. And the coverage has been good. And we have contained running backs. We held Kamara and Ingram both to under 100 total yards. Um, I was like, if we can do that consistently, we have a chance. In fairness, we did concuss Kamara. Not that game. I'm talking about the game that we lost. Oh. On Christmas Eve. Even though we lost oh, that game. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I was still like, the defense played their ass yeah, off. And yeah, yeah. they've been playing so much better recently. And if they can, if they should show me that they can shut down the top two backs in the league, Sky could be the limit. Well, the thing in this Rams game that I was so impressed with was the tackling. Like, that's what's been, the open field tackles were unbelievable out of this world. And that's what's yeah. been missing. Brian Poole, um, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, did a fantastic job covering Todd Gurley. One of the things they've done with Todd Gurley all season, in addition to using him as a, as a weapon running the ball, they've also used him to flat a lot as a passer. I mean, he had a ton of, he had a ton of receptions. Um, you know, there would be games where he'd have, like, two touchdowns uh, receiving and one rushing. I mean, the guy's an all-purpose back. We held him to one catch for four yards in this game. Outstanding. Yep. Absolutely outstanding. And I have never known a Falcons team to cover receivers in the flat, even this year or last year. We have mm-hmm. always sucked at doing that. And to see the open field tackling and to see that we actually have people in the flat covering running backs on passing routes was just, like, a revelation. Yeah. It was amazing. And I'm telling you, Poole especially, kudos to that guy. Like, a couple of those ones he had on Gurley, there's a few people in the league that are making those tackles. Like, yeah. Gurley is that good. Yeah. Like, to do that one on one, no yeah, help. I mean, it's absurd. It's tremendous, and um, and it's just a couple tackles like that that could be the difference in a game for sure. And that's what's been missing with yeah. this team this year, right? And even though Gurley had a hundred one yards rushing on fourteen uh, carries, which is pretty damn good, um, you know, he he had two really big runs on the last drive when they were trying to come back, and. You know, you take that away. I think he only had like 54 yards running. Yeah. I hate when people say take that away, but it's like we had contained him that whole game, and then he kind of busted out there a little bit. Yeah, end. it didn't feel like Gurley no. went off on us. No, not at all. And we did get bailed out a little bit by Farrow Cooper, who actually is a really good yeah. kick returner and punt returner, but he fumbled the ball twice. And so we were able to convert that into points. And um, how about Alex Mack? Oh, my God, yeah. On the, the goal line. That was a bit, like... Devontae gets the ball. He's not going to get in. Alex Mack comes up, grabs him, and just, like, tackles him into the end zone. My initial thought watching that play was I was just concerned Devontae was going to fumble again. And then I think Alex Mack literally was like, no, son, you're, we're getting this guy in. And he <laughs> right. probably brought the ball back in and then just... Drove him across. Incredible. He had that, and then he had a like crazy because normally a setter doesn't stand out like that in a no. game. Like you don't notice it, but he no. had another one where uh, they showed him picking up a blitz. Oh yeah, at the corner. Yeah, yeah. He just like took that dude out. Yeah, just like one quick turn and a pop to the ground. Yeah. Like we cannot overstate the value that Alex Mack brings to this football team. Uh, going back to what you said about Pharaoh Cooper too, mm-hmm. like I think something like that is where us being now. Because of this 28 3 nonsense, an experienced playoff team, that's where it shows. Like, we looked poised, the Rams did not. Like, Very true. The stage was a little too big for them. Yeah. Whereas we looked confident as hell, looked like we've been there before, and yeah. we just took care of business. Yeah, I think those old wounds um, certainly helped us to, to, you know, hopefully get to where we want to go. And I think we've learned from that experience, and I think we're playing our best football. Offensively, um, Still struggling to a degree. There was, uh, you know, the Rams have such a good defense, though, and Aaron Donald ate up uh, Schweitzer and Ben Garland all night, and they definitely got a lot of pressure on Matt. But kudos to Matt for hanging in there. Had a 102.1 quarterback rating, 21 of 30, 200. 200- 18 yards and a touchdown, not eye-popping status except for that quarterback rating. A lot of short passes, quick passes, but I think that was due to – That was part of the game plan, yeah. That was part of the game plan, and, and I think because they have such – they bring such pressure on the quarterback that you've got to get the ball out there quickly. So there weren't a lot of opportunities to take deep shots and let plays develop down the field. So I, I think Matt played his ass off, and that passed to Julio in the red zone. Julio has a red zone touchdown. I know. That was, the a, world thing. Ends. That was a thing of beauty. That's yeah. another one that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, as he's slipping, he's doing like a split and then is able to get that ball to Julio. I mean, that I on mean, this beautifully arced pass while he's about to, like, tear his groin. But Graham, here's the question. Are you going to give Sark some credit for that game? Yeah, and I think especially in the second half, um, you know, he put an emphasis on running the ball. We did not do the he, best job running the ball in terms of efficiency. Uh, 104 yards, I think, between Devontae and Tevin, which isn't very good. But... Um, on that one drive to open the, the second half, I think it was, even though it only resulted in a field goal, we chewed up that so was much huge. time. That was like eight and a half minutes. Yeah, we chewed up so much time and kept that offense off the field. And yeah, kudos to him. He, he, he's certainly adjusting. And even though there's still some execution things, and every once in a while you're like, damn, why are we calling that play or going to that read when it's third and long and we're throwing it four yards? I think he's done a better job of being able to manage a game and adjust and not be overly aggressive a la Shanahan. Obviously, I think Shanahan's a better OC, but I think Sark might be more grounded, and at least he's learning. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, the, what he's you're adjusting. talking about, the drive at the uh, beginning of the second half, like after the Rams had pretty much seized all the momentum coming back from down. Right. 13 nothing, and then even though the running game wasn't efficient, he still stuck with it, right. and it got us enough, and it just like, kept us balanced. yeah. And, I mean, it felt like a different game even after that, just that one field goal. Yeah. And speaking of field goals, Matt Bryant, again, mm. the clutchest man on the team. The old man keeps doing it. 57-yard field goal to put us up 19 An to easy 13. 50. Like, he makes it look easy, yeah. man. I mean, he could, that could have been 63 yards. He would have made it. I mean, the guy is, uh, we are blessed to have him on this team. Yeah, thank you, Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, and, and especially going up to Philly this weekend, got to love your chances having that guy kicking for you. Another thing, pass coverage. Robert Alford was tremendous. He only gave up, I think, one catch in like fifteen yards or something. He yeah. was targeted eight times. Yeah, and he's kind of he's always had the talent, but he's like never trusted his technique fully to the point where and he that's gets, where he'd get those dumbass penalties. Yes, correct. So now it seems like he's trusting it a little more, and that talent's really shining. So right. Like, I mean, and having True Font back on the field, unlike last year, it's. Those two together are pretty shut down. Yeah. Well, True Fine got a little torn up this game, by, especially by Robert Woods. R- Woods finished with 145 yards and nine catches. And True's getting burned a little bit this year. He has been beaten a lot of times by r- receivers that shouldn't be beating him, a la Robert Woods, a la Robbie Anderson. No disrespect to those guys. But those aren't, like, top-tier Julio Jones, Antonio Bryant guys. And I uh, – well, it's not like, I mean, how many of those yards did he actually get on I, Trufant th- I think Trufant gave coverage? up, like, 90 yards in this game. Something like that. He was getting... Sounds like a made-up stat. I saw something that said he gave up more yards than he should have, and I think it was in the 90-yard range. Okay, Trump. Very unfair. <laughs> we're going to make sure that the libel laws, you're defamatory towards me, I'm going to sue you, we're all going to sue each other, It'd be tremendous. Um, I'm going to change him. uh, Speaking of Trump, we didn't touch on (laughs) Trump going to the UGA game. Oh, yeah. Did you see the lines getting into the stadium because Secret Service took over? Yeah, they they patted down everybody, right? Well, yeah. People were waiting for like two hours. And they paid like $2,000, $3,000 for tickets at least. They're just doing their job. I know, but that's crazy. Like, sitting in the rain, like... Once in a lifetime game, you're going to that you like put a ton of money into. Yeah, you get in line plenty early and you're just sitting outside. Yeah, and Mercedes Benz dome leaked as well. Yes, and I heard that one woman didn't get out of there till 4 a.m. because it was so hard to get out of the stadium. What do you mean? Like it got so jammed up with so many people, there's not enough exits. What did she just lay down and take a nap? No, it was like a traffic jam of people. So, those corridors are narrow that took. Three hours yes. to clear. Yes. that's. I feel like she was drunk and walking into a pole or something for three straight hours. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Like a glitch in a video game or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the Falcons. The defense overall, regardless of True Fine, getting beaten more than he should be. is playing a lot better. Deion Jones and the linebacking core look good. Devondre Campbell, Tack McKinley had a sack. Um, all across the board... I mean, this defense has held their last six opponents, I think, to 16.5 points per game or something like that. And it's under 20 there's points. There's some big offenses in there. Yeah, and you faced Drew Brees twice. You faced the Vikings who have had a good defense. I mean, offense, and they also have good defense, but that's not relevant to this stat. Cam. Cam Newton. Jameis Winston played his ass off in, uh, in yeah, that they, game against us. And he played his ass off pretty much the beat last the, four or five Saints, games hurt. of the year. Yeah, yeah, they beat the Saints. So this is no joke. This defense is for real. And if the offense can just do enough to you know, score enough po- – they can score 20 points. We're 11-0, I think, when they s- we score 20 points or more. Yeah. So if we can just get to that number. Well, that's what I'm getting excited about yeah. is, like, thinking through it. Um, I know we tend to be a little negative on yeah. the show. Adam and- also texted me at the end of the half and said, well, this is a loss. <laughs> I was like, easy there, Quan." And that was here. like our last – Communication as well. Like that once, was, once things went well, we didn't we didn't talk. Say anything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was thinking about that this week. I was like, we need to we need to flip that script, man, and yeah. enjoy the ride a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we're not having 0 16 parades here. Yeah, we're winning playoff games in yeah, consecutive we're, we're, seasons. Yeah, this is a privilege indeed. Um, but just the fact that this team is more of a defensive minded team, and that's pretty much our strength right now versus last year yeah. where it was all about the offense mm-hmm. and who knows what you're getting from the defense, even though they started playing well at the end of the year, but it's kind of like in baseball where pitching wins championships. Defense wins in the postseason. Yeah. Football. I mean, if freaking Joe Flacco can win yeah. a Super Bowl, then I mean, and our, our offense could go off at any point too. We have so many playmakers. So I think hey. the offense is what it is at this point, but, um, you still can't mess around with them. I, I mean, mean, it's like, still a top 10 offense. It's not like we're... It's not like we suck. Yeah. And, you know, you got two good receivers, Sanu and Jones, two good backs, really good quarterback. Um, I mean, it's bad compared to last year, but yeah. last yeah. year was like a top six all-time yeah. offense. Yeah. So, it, can't compare it to that. Right. And, I am also thoroughly impressed with Matt Ryan's pocket presence. Especially, you know, yeah, he's the been whole, moving been around year. there well, man. Yeah. He's scrambling. He's moving up in the pocket. He's taking off when he needs to. He's had, like I think, 145 yards rushing this year, like 4.5 yards a carry, which is pretty much Michael Vick's stats. Oh, yeah. No, but that's really good for him. Yeah. Like, I remember early in his career, he would just freeze up in the pocket and just get obliterated when the pressure got to him. And now he's just stepping up. Last few years, stepping up, running around, making stuff happen. Tell you, he's very thing. cognizant of what's going on around him and of his offensive line strengths and weaknesses. The city of Atlanta needs to appreciate this guy. I was talking to someone recently who thinks we need to get rid of, like, it was after a loss. It's like Matt Ryan's the problem. It's like, are you kidding me? You look at these. Matt Ryan's the greatest quarterback in the history of this franchise, and he's a damn good quarterback in general. Yeah. Whoever says that can fuck off. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you look at all these other franchises that are just struggling and drafting quarterback after quarterback, trying to find someone like Matt Ryan. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's no... He's not Brady. He's Tom not Tom Brady, Rogers. he's not Rodgers, but... A, he's a top 10 quarterback in a league of 32 teams, and he's damn good when he has, um, you know, a protected pocket. He has, he has pocket. potential to be top five, yeah, top three. Yeah, he, he certainly has the potential to be the best quarterback in the league. If those pieces are in place. And he was last year, and... He's had he's progressed, but he's also had a lot of issues with receivers causing eight of his twelve interceptions this year. Yeah, he's the only really shitty game to me he had where it was like his fault was that Saints game at home that we somehow won way through three picks. Yeah, like that, with the exception of the Hooper interception, I was like, Matt looks like a deer in headlights in this game. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, anyways, so the defense being that strong. Gives me a little bit of confidence going into the Eagles. Yes. So we'll go into the Eagles game. Um, I think it's very simple. A lot of people are trying to overanalyze this game. Matt Ryan, Nick Foles. Advantage, Falcons. The most important position on the field is quarterback. I'm not saying there's not more to this game than that, but I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. I mean, if Matt plays as solid as he's been, we shouldn't have any problems. Right. We just hope that the receivers don't play volleyball this game and give up, you know, multiple interceptions. Then we're gonna start having some issues. But and it's look I was I was a little worried at first just thinking about like weather, but it's gonna be like in the forties, so and a little bit of it's, rain. I heard it's actually gonna be fifty-five and sunny. That oh. was the last report I heard. Well that's good. Yeah, it's gotten better then. It, so weather won't be a factor. No. And For, first time a number six team has ever been favored against a number one. Yeah, we're a two and a half or three point favorite depending on what uh, site you gamble on. And, uh, look, the, the Eagles' defense has been fantastic all year. They're mostly healthy from what I understand. Their front seven is ridiculous. Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackles, is, is excellent. They have a really good front four, and they had the best rushing defense in the league and uh, on yards per game and total yards given up. So it's going to be really hard to run the football against these guys. But their passing defense is middle of the pack, yeah. so I'm hoping that we can adopt a similar strategy to the Rams game and just try to pick them off for short passes, and uh, see if we can move the ball up the field that way while still trying to run the ball just for some for balance uh, balance's sake. And after playing Aaron Donald, like Fletcher Cox is going to be potatoes compared to Aaron Donald. I don't know about that because I think the Eagles. Defensive line, I would say, is a little better as a whole. Than, as a whole, as a single player, Aaron Donalds. Aaron Donald's be better than Cox, but I think Eagles have a better defensive line than the Rams do, and the Rams have a damn good defensive line. This Eagles defense is no joke, but they're not like that much better than our defense at this point either. Like, no, I, I heard the stat with like everyone's touting their rushing defense. Yeah, they've only given up seven rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We've only given up nine. Like, yeah, but yardage, so tr- yardage, they're they're better, and. They also have a very good uh, two-headed monster running backs and uh, J. Jaya and Legarrette Blunt, and we gotta watch out for them. I think the good news is is that you can take away the run. I feel very confident we can shut down Todd Gurley. I know some people are gonna be like, oh, we didn't really shut him down. He got a hundred yard one yards nah, rushing. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um As we said, most of that came on two plays at the end of the yeah, game can when can it was shut, already out of yeah. reach. If we can, sh- if we can contain Todd Gurley. We can con- contain Jaiye. Yeah, Todd Gurley's MVP. Jaiye's had a good season, but Gurley's had a otherworldly season. Yeah, I know a Jaye tore us up when he was with the Dolphins earlier this year. Yeah, but we're also a different team. We are then. night. It's a night and day difference yeah. between that football team. And they this found one. their mojo. Now. Yeah, defensively we are stout. We should be able to take away the run. I would like to see a little more blitzing on our end, even if it's just five five-man rush on Foles to try and rattle him, because I know one of their good offensive linemen, I can't remember who it is, is out of the game. So I'd like to see if we can attack that vulnerability um, with some blitzes. Because I know Dan Quinn likes to just send four guys, and so does Marquand Manuel, the defensive coordinator. But I'd like to see just a little more blitzing in this game, just to see if we can knock Nick Foles off of his, uh, off of his game. I've heard our boy uh, Adrian Claiborne has a uh, pretty big mismatch. This week against mm. some loser offensive lineman yeah that's the guy who's replacing the really good uh, tackle I believe so maybe we'll get guard. A, maybe we'll get a little bit of that uh what game was that where we had the six sacks um, the Dallas game yeah I don't think we'll get that again but I bet we'll get eight sacks that's crazy <laughs> from from Adrian Claiborne <laughs> no I would take yeah. one <laughs> yeah now if we can get a few sacks and contain the running game we should be able to win the game the weather's not going to be a factor it's a very tough defense, but we also just play a very tough defense. I mean, this team's battle tested. I don't see how we can't go out there and win this game because, as we said at the beginning, this comes into Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles and two good defenses. I'll take Matt Ryan yep. every yeah, single Nick, day. Nick Foles isn't the bum that some people are making him out to be. Like No, but their offense has really struggled with him yeah, yeah, in not, there. Yeah, they have. So. They had one good game against the Giants, and the other games. I know he played well against the Rams when he came in for Wentz, but other than that, he's been he hasn't looked very good. And that Dallas game looked awful. Lost six to nothing. Yeah, what a, what a gift for us. Yeah, to have Wentz go down like that. Yeah. I mean, you don't wish injury on anybody, but that's a major bullet dodge. If Wentz is playing this game, I am not confident. No, I think we could still win conceivably, but you don't feel as good as you feel right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but. I hate to say it, I'm already kind of looking ahead. Mmm, Graham. Because the Vikings play the Saints. And for hypothetical sake, who would, who would you rather face? I'm taking the Vikings. So I want the Saints. Their defense does not look as good as it used to. It would be such a huge game, too, to go down there and win that game in the Superdome if we could somehow pull that off. We know Drew Brees. If we just don't make dumbass penalties, and as long as Pete Morelli's not there, we can win that game. Here's my here's my points. On the other hand, for the Vikings. Okay. All right. So so far we have got Jared Goff. Yeah. Unexperienced playoff quarterback. Yeah. We got. I see what you're going for Nick here. Foles, unexperienced playoff quarterback. We haven't won that game. Obviously, this right. could all blow up in our face. Yeah. It could be, be t- all our fault. Yeah. But uh, and then we, Case Keenum with the Vikings, unexperienced, unexperienced playoff, playoff quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. And the added pressure for the Vikings they're playing at home where they would win. be the first team ever to play at home in the Super Bowl. And, yeah. And as so, you said, no, I think that's just too much damn pressure. Yeah. Um, the one reason I don't want to play the Vikings is because of that defense. Their defense is a lot better than the, the saints. And I don't know, just something about the way Keenum has played all year scares me. And, um, I don't know why I should be so scared, but he's been so incredibly solid and not mistake-prone. They play just such a solid brand of football. Whereas, you know, Sean Payton's a total dumbass at the end of games. He runs on the field and gets penalties, and then he throws passes on fourth and two when he should just punt it. Well, we can't talk about a coach not making the best decisions in-game. That is true. Dan Quinn did have that dumb timeout at the end of the first half in the Rams game. And not going for two. Yes. But... (laughs) I, I don't know. I would just love to see an NFC South, a Saints, Falcons, NFC championship. Well then you also gotta thank Falcons Vikings rematch twenty eighteen rematch of ninety eight. Twenty years ago. That would be pretty cool. And then to break their hearts again. And then Matt Bryant is the new Morton Anderson. That'd be amazing. Just an old man kicker yeah. that just boots the hell out of it. I mean it's crazy to think about this, but I mean like I feel like we have a really good shot. We just gotta keep playing our brand of football. The defense has to if the defense holds up, it's into the bargain we can get back to the Super Bowl, which I did not think was possible about 10 weeks into the season. Yep. So, bottom line, you said people are overanalyzing it, so we won't do it. Mm. What's your prediction? Uh, Say Falcons 20, Eagles 16. I'm going to go... Falcons, how many Matt Bryant field goals? I'm gonna say six Matt Bryant field Jesus. goals. <laughs> that may be enough to win. 18-7. 18-7. Yeah. All Matt Bryant field goals. <laughs> yep. That's conceivable, how good the Eagles defense is. It should be a fun game. I uh, hope to Christ we can win. It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Graham and I are watching it with an Eagles fan. Yes. Graham has already prefaced pretty much he's pre-apologized right for his behavior. Yeah, I will get belligerent. I hope I don't call John any names. I would feel horrible if I did. That. He's such a sweet individual. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna he'll probably punch me in the face. He's actually from Philly, so. Nah, he's used to it though. Yeah, yeah. He can no, hang. we should be, we should be fine. Graham and I are considering bringing a separate TV for the garage, though. Yeah, just, just us <laughs> just to just go we, in there. Just in case we need to separate ourselves. Yeah, just just watch it in a garage by ourselves, yeah. away from our, all our friends. Very social of us. Yeah. Um, so that's the Falcons report, so let's get it done this weekend, boys. Go on get you some. So moving on to the last topic here, some Braves, uh, Braves report. Uh, Andrew Jones is apparently going to be... Is likely to be voted off the Hall of Fame ballot, from what I hear, which is but, but I think you, is lunacy. How does that work? Because so, this is his first year on the ballot, right? Um, yes, I believe so. So how He the, you retired the same year as Chip, and he played in Japan, I think, or Korea or something for a year or two. So you, you just have to get a certain percentage of votes to even remain on the ballot? I believe so. I think that's the... Because if Steroid Bonds is still on there like five years in... Yeah, he still gets like 45, 50% of the vote. I can't remember what the number is to get in, but you have to get, I think, 75, 80 or something like that. Sounds like you don't really know. I'm not sure. <laughs> totally <don't like> guessing. <laughs> but uh, I think this is a travesty. And this also goes back to the Braves not retiring Andrew Jones's number. Why have they not done that? I don't know. I know he's inducted into the Braves Hall of Fame, but his number has not been retired with the likes of Chipper and uh, Bobby Cox, Tom Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz. And I don't know why. This is the greatest defensive center fielder of all time. And the stats back that up. He has the greatest defensive war of anyone in the history of yeah. baseball 24.6 above wins above replacement. That is bananas. I think he's the sixth highest of all time and the 24th highest. And he's the first, he's number one all time. For an outfielder. 10 straight gold gloves. Over 400 home runs. He did Peter out after he left the Braves. After the 2007 or eight season, whenever he left. But um, I think that's why a lot of people are looking down on him. Plus, he hit 51 home runs in 2005 at the peak of the steroid era. <laughs> so, that yeah, could that, cast that some came, doubt. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. That could certainly cast some doubt. But I know he never tested positive officially. I guess Barry Bonds didn't either, though. Uh, but... I, uh, from a pure stats level, to to play the level of of defense and offense that the guy played, so what he had a few shitty years. He still had over 400 home runs. He still had 10 straight gold gloves. And he went to the All-Star Game five times. I mean... And won the Hank Aaron Award. What the fuck do you want? I think he should be on the ballot, but... I don't know. When you were watching Andrew Jones, were you thinking, this is a Hall of Fame player? Yeah! What's it mean to be in the Hall of Fame nowadays? What does it mean? I feel like it used to be, like... The greatest honor you can get as as an individual in the sport of baseball. I know. So, like, a guy that had, like, his last six seasons were just mediocre to shitty. That's a Hall of Famer? What does it matter at the end of the day how you get your stats? You got his stats. Well, here's a question I think he went over 400 home runs after he left the Braves. Here's a question for you, then. Okay, I will say this before you go to, to that. What am I going to? I still think it's inexcusable <laughs> uh-uh. that the Braves have not retired his number. It is horseshit. Yeah, no, that that, that I agree with you on. He needs to be on the, f- the fucking rail in left field or wherever they put it in SunTrust Park. His number, number 25, needs to be up there. That man brought so many fantastic memories and plays and... and no, he, he, should, he should definitely... Be watching right. him play was a privilege. I was at the game when he did the Spider-Man catch on the wall. I was as well. I have never seen anything like that my 8-year-old brain, however what I was, literally shit itself when I saw that. I mean, that was a thing of pure awe. It was sublime. So it sounds like you got a lot of nostalgia here, not necessarily an unbiased opinion. I am very coaches. biased, but I think if you look at it from an objective standpoint, who else has 10 straight gold gloves well, in the center field? Here's my question. Who else has 24.6 well, you let me talk. As an outfielder, no one. Who else? Yeah, okay. And hit 430 home runs. All right. A lot of guys have hit 430 home runs now. But they also haven't won 10 straight gold gloves and have the best war of all time as a defensive outfielder. So do you think Andrew Jones is more deserving than Dale Murphy? Yes. Who's not in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Even though Murph won two MVPs, we've never seen a caliber defensive center feel like that in the history of baseball. I don't know, man. I, I don't necessarily agree he's a Hall of Fame player. And buddy. he was on a shit ton of really good teams. The problem with Murph and the reason why he never he never got in was he played on a bunch of shitty Braves teams. If he could have had a couple of World Series in there and his stats would have been better if he had other guys around him to protect him, he would be in. Andrew has no World Series. No, but he consistently competed for championships and had Chipper Jones, Gary Sheffield, Andres Galarraga... All these guys around him. What the hell's that that got to do with it being... I'm saying him? that makes his stats better because other people... You can't pitch around him as much. People pitched around Murph all the time. He was on shitty Braves teams in the 80s. Sounds like this is an argument for Murph over Andrew Jones. Am I doing that subconsciously? <laughs> I think you are. I don't know. Andrew was Either- in a better situation to succeed than Dale Murph. He was, but you still can't take it with a defense, man. Primarily, that's what why Andrew, to me, gets in, is his defense was Unbelievable. I don't. Know. I've never. All-timer. I've never looked at Andrew and thought Hall of Fame player. I thought great player, but I've never considered Hall of Famer until it was just brought up this week. I think he should be on the ballot a couple more years. That's yeah. for sure. But I don't know. I see what you're saying. I mean, the defense was obviously there. Yeah, I mean, it's just from a pure defensive standpoint, the man should be in the Hall of Fame. But I, I don't, he didn't have the longevity either. No, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't Chipper Jones. Yeah, but if you're age, just looking at the Hall of Famers season. we have recently, they're no-brainers. Yeah. Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Bobby Bobby. And then Andrew Jones. Do you put them on him on the same pedestal still with them? I don't know, man, this defense was so fucking special. So special. I mean, we've had some good I mean Ender and Ciarte is a pretty he's, good defensive he player. He is a very good defensive player. He's not he's not the greatest defensive outfielder of all time. Literally, by that stat, he's the greatest defensive outfielder of all time. I'm just saying. Okay. If that's not worthy of Hall of Fame praise, I don't know And it. if it's especially not worthy of being retired as... And I still can't believe it's not worthy of being retired by the Braves. Ridiculous. Shame on you, Braves organization. Retire that man's number. That's where we agree. Yes. Anything else on your mind? Um, yeah, when... Going back to the Falcons real quick, but way back to the Panthers game. Yeah. That's when I was I was out in the Okie swamp. Oh, during that game, yeah, with uh, user Hugo. Ah, and we had zero service. We didn't know what was going on in the game. Mm-hmm. I went a full twenty four hours having no idea if the Falcons are in the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we ended up at a second campsite the second night where someone had like half a bar of service, ah. and we were just able to check the box score. And it was probably the most excited I've been all season for a Falcons <laughs> game. Like we're on this random island in the Finoki Swamp. Yeah. Finding out the Falcons won. Our prediction about all Matt Bryant's field goals pretty much came true. And like it was just a massive running chest bump with our favorite listener user, Hugo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's better than watching a game, man. It was, yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Was, so just, maybe you should just look at the box score at the end. The I Falcons, thought, yeah. Game it's just like, week. I didn't go through all the stress of, like, watching the game and assuming we we're going to lose. That was the, one of the most, str- pulling my hair out. That was one of the most stressless games I've ever watched. We the were Panthers? in total control yeah. of that game. Cam started the game 0 for 9. 0 for 9. Yeah. The worst, and they brought up a stat, the worst start by a quarterback in the history of the Panthers franchise. Almost inconceivable that you could play that poorly. Yeah. Um, I mean, in our defense, once again, in that game, like, after that game, too, I was like, our defense is just so good now. Yeah. Like, Dan Quinn, and he has selected the right pupil in Marquand Manuel to sculpt that defense. Um, oh, and I guess the last thing we should talk about with the Falcons is that uh, there was a rumor going around that Sarkeesian was going to be uh, potentially leaving and going to Seattle because Seattle's cleaning house with all their coordinators. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, gossip and whatnot going around. And then Dan Quinn said a press conference that that was, uh, had about a 0% chance of happening and that was total horseshit. So. That, yeah. That would suck if Sark left at this point. I mean, I man. think you just got to keep building. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're, Matt you're, Ryan's you're, gone through so many damn offensive coordinators. You don't want to bring in another guy. Yeah. You got to give Sark. I mean, the only guy I would want to bring back is Shanny, but he's not coming back. He's been killing it out with the Niners, man. Yeah. Once they got Garoppolo. Yeah, he's not, there's no chance of that that's happening. That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's at, you need to at least given the same amount of time that Shanahan had. Yeah, and even if Sarkeesian was interested, and he hasn't come out and said anything about this, even if he was, the Falcons can block this because he's not going for a better position. Yeah, why, why would he go to, yeah, why would he go to the, what's he, Jim Moore Jr. or something, wanting to go to the Seahawks? Well, a lot of people said his. he has a great connection with Pete Carroll, good relationship. So people thought that, were theorizing, hypothesizing that that could culminate somehow. But, I think that um, I, you know Dan Quinn said that, and the Falcons could block it even if you wanted to, so I think Sark's here whether you like it or not. All right, then. All right, then. Um, thank you, users, for making us a part of your day or evening. Rise up, live in brotherhood, stay true to Atlanta, and unite and conquer. Hospital Thomas